0: Today on The Good Word, we're talking about finding what we might lack. There's an old German folktale that tells of a young man who, for whatever reason, had never learned what fear was. Desperate to know what it felt like to be truly frightened, he left his hometown, his family, and his sweetheart to see if anyone could teach him how to be afraid. He met men who tried to shock or startle or unnerve him, but he was not phased. One man tried to teach him the physical symptoms of fear, leaving him out in the cold till he shuddered, but still to no avail. Knowing he was not learning true fear, the boy returned to his home village where he was greeted by his frantic parents, sharing the news that his sweetheart was dying. Immediately, the young man rushed to her bedside, shaking and racked with thoughts that the worst would occur. Miraculously, the young lady recovered before his tear-filled eyes, and after the shock of it all wore off, he realized he had found true fear at its source. There's a difference between faked and genuine emotion. While an occasional false smile may sustain us through a difficult conversation, real change and growth take sincere depth of feeling. It can be hard to focus on the abstract concept of repentance when we're focused on the negative fallout of our own mistakes. This was the problem facing the few remaining people called Nephites in the Book of Mormon. After rebelling against God for so long, it seemed to the prophet Mormon that they had finally humbled themselves and returned to the Lord, but Mormon chapter 2 shows us this was not the case. And it came to pass that when I, Mormon, saw their lamentation and their mourning and their sorrow before the Lord, my heart did begin to rejoice within me, knowing the mercies and the long-suffering of the Lord, therefore supposing that he would be merciful unto them, that they would again become a righteous people. But behold, this my joy was in vain. For their sorrowing was not unto repentance, because of the goodness of God, but it was rather the sorrowing of the damned, because the Lord would not always suffer them to take happiness in sin. And they did not come unto Jesus with broken hearts and contrite spirits, but did curse God and wish to die. Nevertheless, they would struggle with the sword for their lives. The sorrow felt for facing consequences of our wrong actions doesn't always lead to lasting change. We may feel sorry for ourselves, but that doesn't mean we recognize what we need to do to make things right. Paul calls the true expression of regret and the desire to change godly sorrow in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. As uncomfortable as guilt and a feeling of failure can be, he points out that it's all for our benefit. Now, I rejoice Not that ye were made sorry, but that ye sorrowed to repentance. For ye were made sorry after a godly manner, that ye might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. An attitude of true repentance won't come naturally if we cling to our pride and only go through the motions of feeling sorry. The Lord makes all the difference in our efforts to change. He can help us turn our hearts into organs that feel genuine sorrow when we do wrong and the boundless joy of the Lord when we do right. We don't have to travel far and wide to find the depth we might feel we lack. The Lord Jesus Christ holds the power to soften and deepen our hearts if we will humble ourselves and turn to Him. And that's the good word.